Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Look who it is. It's Locked On Mavericks here for you on a Monday, uh, January 30th, episode number 75. I'm Mike Marshall. He's Jacob Kemp. You can follow me at Machine Sports. You can follow him at Not Jack Kemp. And you can follow the show at Locked On Mavs. A lot of, uh, a lot of things to follow. Um, but uh, we are the Locked On Mavs podcast. We're here for you every day. Uh, you know, 15 to 25 minute little chat about what's going on with your Dallas Mavericks for you to enjoy while you're on your lunch break or doing whatever you're doing. And we are brought to you by SeatGeek. Um, SeatGeek has taken a real, uh, real cumbersome process of buying tickets online and made it easy for you. And how they did that was uh, was gathering up all the tickets that are uh, on those little broker sites that you don't even know about and putting them in front of you so you can see the the value. They have a grade score. Uh, green on the uh, the dot on the seat would be a good value. Red would be bad. Uh, pretty simple process. Standard traffic light rules apply. And you can click on your seat so you make sure you're not like sitting behind a, uh, you know, like a dinosaur or something, um, some kind of pillar that's in your way. You can see your sight line and they can save you some money. And we want to save you some money. If you download the SeatGeek app, click on the Me tab in the bottom right corner. That's your settings tab. That's your account tab. There'll be a bar that says enter promo code. You're going to enter a promo code. And that promo code is going to be LOMAVS, as in Locked on Mavs. And that's going to save you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. If you want to go see something like U2, maybe in May, Eric Church in February, or maybe uh, tonight, LeBron at uh, the AAC. How about that? Um, LOMAVS is your promo code to save you 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase via the app. There you go. Uh, Jacob, how was your weekend, pal? It's fine. It's fine, Mike. It's fine. <laughs> Just uh, don't it's mess fine. with the Mavericks on Sunday. Whatever yeah, you do, that was do not uh, play. A pretty exciting the Mavs game, on a Sunday. man. I mean, it was. I'm past the point where I think that they're going to get a top five pick, and I don't really. I know there's research that we can look at at this. That Paul Will sent me at some point if you want on an off day. That uh, about how the draft's not good. No, it's not about how the draft's not good. It's about how uh, historically, and it, you know, I've seen this done using AV for the NFL draft, and you can obviously do it using WAR for free agency signings in baseball. But basically, the idea is just the tiers of the draft mm-hmm. and the career type return you get. And I think if I, I don't know that there's a huge difference between picking tenth and seventh. I think there's Probably a pretty not. huge difference between picking seventh and fourth. And a pretty oh, yeah. huge difference between picking fourth and first. Mm-hmm. But once you get down to like 7 to 10 or 8 to 11, now maybe after like 11 or 10 mm-hmm. there's a drop-off. But I'm to the point now where I have made peace with they're not going to be – they're not going to have a top five pick. They're going to probably pick 
seven to ten, and there's guys there that I like and I think could immediately help them. They don't play point guard. Um, so as we are in our ever shifting, what do we want for the future? Mm-hmm. Um, it ain't gonna. They're not gonna. And, and well, let's get into it. And <laughs> I mean, do you yeah. want to talk Spurs first or what? Uh, yeah, we can touch on that game for a little bit if you want to. I just thought it was interesting that uh, I checked in like five minutes into the first, and I looked up and I was like, oh, Yogi Ferrell's getting some first quarter minutes. And then I was like, no, Yogi Ferrell actually started. <laughs> I was like, wait, what is happening right now? But uh, yeah, to clean up that Sunday nugget that I threw out there, the Mavs are now 6-1 and one on Sundays. <laughs> like, what in the living hell is happening? Um, it's really confusing. Um, but... Just don't play them on a Sunday. And I think two of those games have been against the Lakers, and they just take that day off, apparently. Um, but 6-1 and one is really bizarre. They did beat the Spurs in San Antonio last night. If maybe one of the more bizarre wins of the last two or three years, um, 105-101 final. Um, and it really came down to I, – I, I do a lot of Spurs games. or You know, I do, like, main teams I work on over at Fox is Spurs and Pelicans. And sometimes I'll watch the Spurs, and uh, they'll roll out this little lineup of, like, uh, Patty Mills, Manu, and, like, Kyle Anderson at the three. And I'm sitting there watching the game, wondering how the other team is not just nuking them to death. And the Mavs did it for a little stretch last night. Like, into the third quarter, Seth Curry was like, none of y'all can guard me. Like, I'm done with this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create some open space and knock down some open shots. And the Mavs got back in it. And then for about a four-minute stretch in the third, and then for about a four-minute stretch from like eight-minute eight, eight mark to like the four-minute mark in the fourth quarter, the Spurs forgot they had Kawhi Leonard on their team. And Danny Green tried to make a lot of plays. And that's not your best outcome. And, uh, yeah, the Mavs snuck a win with some really huge uh, Dorian Finney-Smith plays in the fourth quarter. Uh, he had a really tough and one. Uh, he had a block on Kawhi going to the basket, and then he had a rim run for a dunk, and the Mavs put themselves up by six, and it just kind of – it was it was church from there. It seemed like it was going to be uh, a tighter game, but they kept kept them at arm's length for the rest of the rest of the contest. That Finney Smith dunk was hilarious because he looked so unsure at first. Like, am I about to, <laughs> am I about to do this? Right. Like, yeah. Freaking one bounce and go to the rim. I'm like, oh, damn, dude. Right. Uh, same, I wasn't surprised. Same. Really, that surprise Farrell started because uh, Pierre started Thursday night. Yeah. Well, Pierre's gone now. They like yeah. they like they like Yogi so much that they felt uh, felt obliged to let go All Star vote getter Pierre Jackson. I know. So impressed. Yeah. Rick just said they had like a couple private little you know how to run the mm-hmm. offense sessions with uh, Yogi Farrell, and he was really impressed. Like he picked it all up. Like he knew what he was doing. Um, and he wasn't, you know, he's not necessarily worried about scoring. It didn't seem, um, he's just a little jitterbug back there. And, um, the best thing that I saw, I mean, he played a really vanilla game and there's nothing like super exceptional. I mean, seven assists is pretty cool, um, for dude in his first start. But the simplest thing that I saw that will probably, um, earn him some favor with the coaching staff and with Rick is, dude, he'll drive down and if he sees Dirk, Anywhere close to the block with a one-on-one situation, he forces the ball into Dirk. Yeah. Like, it seems pretty simple, but a lot of point guards here have not been able to do that. Namely, like, Rajon Rondo and, like, Monte. Um, they just wouldn't lob it up there and let him get it and work for a minute. Um, but Yogi seems to be fine with that. And, I mean, he's interesting. I don't think he has, like – he doesn't have, like, a Seth Curry-type 
um, peak to him necessarily. Um, the size is a little concerning um, that we have another 5'10", 5'9", point guard. Listed at six foot, yeah, my ass. Um, he's 23, um, was a really good player at Indiana uh, in college, but nothing like it really stands out to me about Yogi Ferrell except for he's a smart dude. He's a smart basketball player, and I think that'll earn him some, some minutes. Yeah, and then Curry last night, I mean – Curry was awesome. <laughs> had a couple steals. I don't see how many he was credited with. He was only credited with one. Um, but he had a couple of heads-up plays defensively. Um, mm-hmm. He had a, one huge rebound to seal it late. Yeah. He was uh, – dude, he was electric last night. He was great, man. When that, when that game looked like they were playing, like, Battleship or something in the third quarter when no one really wanted to score, like, he took it over. Like, yeah. he – Kept them in it, put them on top for a second. I think Devin hit a two, put them up uh, one point. And then, like, the Spurs, what they routinely do is they nuke you in the second and third quarters. And Kawhi just takes over. And I don't know why, but, like, final five minutes of that third, like, Kawhi barely touched the ball. And they were playing really good defense on Kawhi. Like, 24 points, seven rebounds, and two assists has never seemed, like, so quiet to me. Yeah. But, I mean, they were just throwing a wave of, like, Wes, Finney Smith, Finney Smith. And, and Barnes at him at moments. And Finney Smith had a really good game. That was one of my favorite games of his. I mean, there's only five points and uh, two rebounds, but that was an awesome um, five and two. I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what were we talking about earlier, point guards? Uh, the draft. The and draft? If How you Paul Wells trying to convince me that the draft doesn't count. No, that's not it at all. He's the point is that like where the gulfs are between the tiers in the draft, and I don't, I don't think that they're going to be bad enough to get into the top four, probably even five. Yeah. Um. And I mean, I've I mean, conceded that they're going to get the seventh pick. Yeah, that that might be high. Uh, it just I think they're probably going to win thirty two or thirty three games. Okay. So if you go through, like, historically what that gets you, I think it's, you know, uh, I mean, I guess, go ahead. Right now they're projected on 538 to have 32, and that would get you one, two, three. That's actually sixth, or tied for sixth right now. Um, Sixth pick, not sixth best record, obviously, uh, with the Magic at 32 and 50. So if you're picking in that range, you're probably not getting one of the the trio of Fultz, Ball, or Smith. Yeah, I think Smith has fallen back a little bit, but I don't know. I never, I never know. <laughs> so then, from there, you pretty much have to decide whether or not you want to go for a wing. If mm-hmm. in fact any of the guys we saw, I guess really just Jackson is the only one that's considered a wing. Yeah. Um, although they play Monk off the ball quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Which we'll talk then, about that Kansas Kentucky game probably tomorrow or something. Okay. Um, that was hella fun. So the question would be, do you want to draft a guy that looks like he can play right now? Like, let's say that somehow you're picking sixth and uh, Tatum or Jackson are there, and both those guys you think could come in and play the wing right away. Or do you want to draft a guy that might be projected to go a little bit later, like Natilakina, who might not be able to play right away, but might have yeah. a much higher upside and plays a much more in-demand position? Yeah. I mean, I – Crap. That's a tough spot to be in. Um, I'm hearing that they like uh, Tila Kina or Nila Kina, however we're going to say it. Um, and there was a report, we'll probably get into this a little bit more tomorrow, about uh, from Chad Ford, 40 or Ford, whatever, um, 
about them being fine with reaching for Frank uh, if they have, like, the eighth pick, even though Frank's probably, like, the 11th best player uh, in this draft. Um, and I don't know if there's a stash situation involved there. I have no idea. I would like to think he'd be here um, if you're going to take him that high, but I have no idea. And I don't know. I mean, I've done so much research into, like, the top five guys because I thought they'd finish right around there for a really long time. And then I've convinced myself that they're going to fall to, like, somewhere between, like, 6 and 11. So I haven't looked super close at all these dudes. I just know, like, kind of their their uh, their profile where, I don't know. I mean, 7th would be great because I feel like you can get, like, the cutoff line ends there with, like, Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, and Malik Monk. But if you start sliding a little bit further back, um, I start getting a little concerned about what your, what your actual return is going to be from your first-round pick. So then your question is, do you reach for an inter- an international player that has not really played at a very high level? Yeah. Who probably, like, if you draft Tilakina, you need to be ready for him to not play for, like, two years. Yeah. Yeah, most likely. Although yeah. I kind of feel like that, I don't know, dude. I, I, when has that really worked? It, it doesn't. <laughs> like, people um, bring mean, up Rubio, but I'm like, all right, well, he only went away for, like, was it one year or two years? I think they drafted him like and stashed him for like two years. And he might have been seventeen when yeah, they picked him. Yeah, he was he was younger than hell. Like it wasn't like a um, you know the, it 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 was right. It was the right thing to do. I think at that moment, Natilakina um, will be just about to turn nineteen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's I come back to this as like the Giannis question. Whenever everyone is like, mm. "Well, the Mavericks drafted Giannis. Look where they'd be now." And I'm not saying he wouldn't develop you know, into something close to what he is now, but they played him 20 minutes a night his first year in the league. Yeah. Like fresh out of like what looked like a, a YMCA to me. Yeah, when he has no idea what's going on. Like is, I mean, he obviously uh, put up a decent account of himself, but. 20, no, I, dude, he really didn't. In 25 minutes a night, he scored seven points a game. <laughs> shot thir- I mean, he shot 34% from three, but he was. 44% on two-point field goals. For a point of reference, he's at 57 now. Right. Um, he he had a – let's see. His turnover percentage for per 36 is, was not good. I mean, he was turning the ball over almost three times a game per 36. He was just not good. Like, he mm-hmm. was not good his first year in the league. But they just kind of, you know, dealt with it. Yeah, and a lot of that's obviously about um, his agent situation and not – wanting to be stashed you know what I mean like if Frank if Frank's fine if Frank's fine with being stashed then I don't really see a downside in doing it for one year but I don't know I think that dude's probably gotten wind that he's going to be a top 10 pick and if he starts getting promises like um say the Kings are at like 10 and they say yeah you're not getting past 10 um then the uh don't draft me unless you're going to bring me over situation starts happening those 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 phone calls start going back and forth. So yeah. um and I think I my my view on Rick Carlisle turning young point guards into guys that are chewing out their own tongue is kind of is kind of uh warped through this season seeing um how well he's kind of been forced to, but uh seeing how much he has trusted Seth Curry and how much he's come along and then just, like, starting Yogi Ferrell um, last night was 
it seems like the smallest thing possible in a season, but not throwing Devin in there and letting that dude start after being there for like 48 hours, that has bigger ramifications to me than just like a young dude starting uh, one silly game against the Spurs in San Antonio because it means Rick's willing to let somebody that he doesn't fully like 100% trust and doesn't like occupy every corner of their, their brain space, obviously, because the dude's been there like a day. Um, go out there and run point guard for him and learn kind of on the fly how to um, how to manipulate this Mavericks offense, the free flow Mavericks offense. So I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of softening on my stance on Rick would just destroy a young point guard. I also think at this point it's pretty clear that uh, there's no point to play Bogut over Pal or even Measury. <laughs> no, especially if he's going to leave every third quarter with a hamstring thing, like. Um, just be done with the Bogut thing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to have to talk about him. The next time I want to talk about Andrew Bogut is whenever he gets moved for a super late first-round pick. I'm trying to That's, see if I can – I don't have it right here in front of me, but I bet I can do the quick math. All right. Uh, uh, rating, I don't have a D rating in front of me. I, uh, think, I think that they're actually – they're actually better with him on the floor so far this year. Mm-hmm. But it's really tough to tease out because he's the lineups have been so weird. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, that's I don't know if you can take a ton from his uh, his advanced um, offense. No, okay, rating, wait, let's here we go. Rating. On the court, he has an O rating. They have the Mavericks have a ninety eight four, and yeah. a, the opponent ninety nine seven. Okay, so that would make him like what negative one point three. Yeah. Well, I mean, an offensive rating below 100 is – that's not sustainable. <laughs> Off the floor, they have an offensive rating of 108, but a Damn. defensive rating of 112. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a difference of who who's playing when he's not. Like, right. I, if Pal is playing, there's a little bit of a – there's a little bit more chance that you might be able to get some defensive t- – if Pal is playing with, uh, it, with, um, with Dirk as opposed to Dirk playing with – Four out, five out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I mentioned Seth Curry earlier and how great he was last night. In January now, and January's almost over, there were uh, 13 games played, 29 minutes a game, 13.5 points, uh, 51.6 from the field overall, 51.7 from three. Um, and <laughs> I want to say this is probably going to end at some point of him shooting as well as he has, but he's done it in 26 games now. Like, in December, he shot 49% from three. In January, he shot 51-7. Assists in January weren't great. (laughs) 1.4 a game, but he's been playing. I mean, that's what JJ came back, and they got a little bit more healthy, and Darren was mainly playing the one, so it's a little bit different. But, I mean, I assume... How many games until I'm like, okay, Seth Curry can knock down threes at like a 45-plus percent clip? Like, how many times does he have to do it? Um, And in January, his overall on-off court is a positive 3.1. So they're good. They're a good team when Seth Curry is on the court. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I think we found some gold. And I think for a dude that can play the one and the two and obviously can run out there and just – put bundles of points on the scoreboard uh, in real short bursts. Um, I think every team needs like two or three of those dudes 
Um, so there's not a matter of if they do draft a point guard, I don't think it affects Seth Curry necessarily at all. Um, no. If they do for some reason get – I mean, the only person I think that they could draft that would be like, well, Seth Curry's kind of um, kind of a moot point now would be Malik Monk because they're very redundant. But I don't know. Um, all right, we'll talk about uh, Kansas, Kentucky tomorrow. I watched all that game on Saturday, which was pretty stinking awesome basketball game. And maybe we'll get into uh, some of the rumors about um, – uh, how they really don't care about their draft position because they're kind of locking in on uh, Frank the Tank. So we might look uh, take another look at Frank the Tank. But uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. And, Jacob, thank you for your time. See you.